Let's begin now. Man, Chris, you thought last night went fast. These are going to be some fast two hours. Uh, loaded NBA. Can KU make this interesting? Missouri's waxing Kentucky. I did not see that coming. So shout out to the Tigers in the first half as they are up uh, 42 to tw- 42 to 30, I believe, is the score in that one. So uh, need a 15-point swing by the by the Kentucky Blue in the second half to keep the parlay alive. Um we got some we got some some stones to turn over in this show tonight. Am I wrong to think that like I just don't I have no idea about Cincinnati? Like I think I know the Chiefs can beat the Bills. I have significant confidence. KU's about to take this to the house. No. Uh it was a big slant pass though that just went over the middle for about 55 yards in target. So I just want to see this game get to like 80 points for Ron. But am I wrong to think that like any team in the NFL that Chiefs match up against, I'm like, you know what? 15, Andy Reid, not close. But when it comes to Cincinnati, I'm just kind of like, man, I don't know how this game's going to go. I'm I'm literally at at no side on how this can happen. I mean, I think we all are are I mean, we're like that about the Bills too. Like there's a lot of unpredictability there, especially when you're relying on a bunch of young guys who really haven't quite proven that they're up to snuff as far as like competing at a top level. So, yeah, I mean, you're I think everyone feels that way about the Chiefs versus pretty much any of the elite teams right now. If They go to the Super Bowl and they play the Eagles. I think a lot of people will have uncertainty there, too, because you have a lot of unproven players on this team. Yeah, I just. I just don't like Cincinnati. Oh, yeah. I mean, and they've beaten the Chiefs three straight times. So, in yeah. one year. Yeah. I, I understand <laughs> not liking Cincinnati. I just don't. I, I understand. That matchup that. just doesn't seem like it gets any easier. Like, oh, it won't. It won't get easier. Like, like it, it took um, T. Higgins and Jamar Chase in back to back years, and they are just a force to be reckoned with. Can't beat them. Haven't beat them. I have no idea what the Chiefs do against Cincinnati. Also, I have no idea how this happened to me today. I don't know if this happens to you and you nine, one, three, five, eight, six, seven, six, 10 bloody nose out of nowhere. That, that doesn't, I, I don't think I've ever had a bloody nose. You've never once had a bloody nose. No, I don't think I have not from like, just like randomness. Never been punched in the face. No, that's surprising. No. Um, yeah, just, you know, it's the, it's the bridge of my nose today. And man, I felt like a, a slow drip go all the way down my throat. And I was like, man, I think we got, I think we got some, some blood here. And I tip my head forward and sure as, sure as hell straight out of the nose. Didn't even get hit. Haven't been hit. Haven't been flicked in the nose. Nothing. Somebody text on. I think we're good against anyone. As long as we don't do anything stupid. Well, yeah. KU just scored by the way. So a chance to make it 30, what? 38 to 20, 38 to 20, 18 point game. Whole lot of time left. Should we Oh, 38 to 20. Should we go to the live bet and do the KU money line? Or see what KU. No, don't do that. What, what about do that. what about points they might be favored by? Uh, like plus something. What do you think? Is like what's what's the line? We could look at it. We go to the draft. Yeah, look at you might it might. I mean that line probably got worse for for you with that touchdown. You'd have been smart to probably take it before they scored. So if we live bet it right now, KU versus Arkansas, 
It's plus 18 and a half at minus 105. That's actually not bad. That's actually actually a good one. I think that's a good one. If it was like 13 and a half or something like that, no, don't do that. 20 bucks wins you 3904 right now, daddy. Now it says it's it's plus 17 and a half. I don't know if I take that. (laughs) 20 bucks wins you $41, big daddy, if you want to do that. One thing I do want to do, because I was having this conversation with myself, which I know that sounds weird, but I don't, I don't think it is. Um, but I was having a conversation with myself um, in the car today on the way here, which is something that I do, but people probably just think I'm singing when they see that. What road to the Super Bowl, and I know that it's early. I'm 100% aware I am not counting my eggs before they're hatched or whatever that saying is. Which route do you want to go? Do you want to go one seed where I have no idea who you'd play because the playoff picture doesn't really affect that because you'd have a bye? And then you would have a a game against a team that is probably obviously less superior than you. Then you would play probably Buffalo or Cincinnati in Arrowhead for the AFC Championship game to go to the Super Bowl. And in that scenario, you get to play San Francisco in the Super Bowl. Or you take scenario B and have the two seed and you get Miami in the first round, Cincinnati in the divisional round, at Buffalo AFC championship game, and you play Philadelphia in the Super Bowl. What's the better story or the better season for you? I get it. We're not anywhere close to the playoffs. Well, we are. We're not anywhere close to knowing what the seeds are for the teams. But what is, again, what is your better scenario? I'll tell you what I like. I like the obvious, which is the one seed. The free space on the bingo card, the home games all the way through, no chance at traveling. Two seed, you might get lucky, and the, and the top seed might lose in the second round, and, and everything has to go through GEHA Field and Arrowhead Stadium. But for me personally, San Fran, right? You already beat them in the Super Bowl. The last time they lost was to the Chiefs, and the Chiefs hung 40 on them. And now they're the talk of the town. They're the number one team. Florio's got them number one in the power rankings. Other websites and other people that are football people have San Francisco as the number one team in the power rankings. Their defense is the best in football. Their offense is keeping par with their defense. And they haven't lost since they played the Chiefs. Well, they won eight straight. They're going to have the defensive player of the year, and they're also doing all this without Debo Samuel. Now, the second part of this, the second seed makes sense for a lot of people who love the revenge blood or the taste of revenge. Miami, first round, bring Tyree Kill into town. We'll talk about Miami a little bit later, but probably not going to have Tua Tugavailoa for the rest of the season. If he does play, um, we really need to get some some information on on Miami's uh personal staff because somebody there definitely does not know what they're doing. Then you would get Cincinnati divisional round at home again. Text lines alluded to it. Fourth time is a charm. Maybe here we go. And then you get at Buffalo. The story there would be the rematch of the 13th second game followed by the rematch of two years, AFC championship game followed by Patrick Mahomes finally travels on the road and it's to Buffalo where it's probably going to be 
close to negative seven wind chill at that point in the year. So I ask, which seed do you want? The one or the two, the story of Hill, Burrow, Allen, or no idea, one seed, first round, you get the bye, second round, you don't know who you're playing, third round, Buffalo, and Arrowhead again, and you play San Francisco for the Super Bowl. I think unless you're a glutton for punishment, you're going to take the one seed every time. Mm-hmm. If you know just how much damage this game does to a football player's body, yeah, you kind of want the players who are playing there to get some rest before the playoffs. I know like you remember like 15 years ago, there was always that debate of do you like, cause you remember the Colts yeah. would get, they would get one of the first two seeds. They get the buy and then they would inevitably get upset in the divisional round. Mm-hmm. And the common media talking point was, Oh, looks like that buy ended up hurting the Colts. Cause they came out flat and they, didn't show up. They they needed some momentum, so maybe they should have not got the bye so that they could play wild card weekend and they could come out with a little bit more momentum the rest of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's easy for someone to say who sits on their couch and watches football for a living. But when you play the game and you understand the kind of damage that the game does to your body, so much so that, guys are saying at this point of the season, everybody is playing hurt, then perhaps you would want to prioritize those guys not getting the, not having to play a game in the wild card round, getting some rest and making sure that their bodies are good to go when they do go to the divisional round and play against their opponent. Um, and especially for this team, because you know that cliche that you, we hear all the time, Andy Reid is, uh, basically undefeated after the bye and all that. And, 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 you know, he's, he's really great after the bye week. I oh, mean, yeah. so that's in and of that, that in and of itself is why you want to prioritize these guys getting the one because they get to rest their bodies. And especially because they're, they're relying on a lot of rookie players and those rookies haven't played this much ball in a year like they are now. So uh, you want those guys to get, get right, get healthy and be able to have extra time to prepare for whoever it is that they face in the divisional round. So, yeah, I, I, I unless you are one of those armchair uh, media people that like to go out there and throw that Peyton Manning narrative around from 15 years ago, I, I think everybody here would like for the Chiefs to go and get that by so they can rest their guys going into the divisional round. 913 says, I'm the crazy fan that is okay if they get the two seed because that means I get to watch the Chiefs for an extra game. I mean, I think we're okay. Mm-hmm. It's, not, it's not about like, like we're not going to be mad if they get the two seed. It's a matter of making sure that these guys get right because it's a damaging, punishing game for these sure. guys and you want them to get as much rest as possible. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean I'm like you. I, I would love the bye because then uh, every game is local. Every game is at home. It's an advantage, especially during those times um, uh, in, in, in the NFL season when temperatures are frigid and you want to kind of use your, your atmosphere as an advantage as a, uh, as a fan enhancer. I mean, hell, what was it this last week? There was a guy shirtless chugging beer out of a boot. Yeah, I saw that video. It was ridiculous. I mean, you'll never find me chugging any beer out of any shoe, let alone mine, anybody else's. That's just... I mean, stand up, man. I don't think, though, the, the cold weather will provide that much of an advantage when the other two teams that are 
kind of consider the same level as the Chiefs are also in cold weather cities. So, mm-hmm. like, I don't know if that is the is the big thing there, but you definitely want to go play that game in front of your home fans. No doubt. No doubt. Um, coming up, I've got a theory. I don't know if it's going to piss people off because of what you've seen or what you've maybe heard uh, throughout these past uh, couple weeks in the NFL, but I have a theory that this guy can make the Chiefs roster as a coach because it fits every single theory that there is when it involves a head coach and the quarterback. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Hey, you trying to make things interesting. 38 to 20 as of right now. Mizzou, KU, or Mizzou, Kentucky, sorry, in the college world, 45-30 Tigers. Absolutely crushing Kentucky right now by 15. Well, it looks like that comeback's not happening. Second half just started, though, so they were up 12. I mean, that'd be a hell of a comeback in college basketball. Down by 15. That's a hell of a comeback. I just saw that minus three. I just didn't believe in Missouri, and uh, I'm getting to see exactly why that is. Kansas is now again in the red zone. 38-20 is the score. If they can get this touchdown in, man, that, that live bet parlay might be just what I needed. Just what I needed. But we'll see. Uh, Kevin Durant, 11 points, also involved in that first parlay. So that's fun. Um, Dirty Doves, best intro music in at all 610. Thank you. Not my song, though, but I do enjoy that song. It has a very good message. Going to have a good day. That's all you want to hear. Just going to have a good day. Um, Speaking of a good day, someone who's about to have a bad day is Cliff Kingsbury. Um, I know that this name is a name in which the NFL people have said is the reason why things are falling the way they are in Arizona. The relationship between he and Kyler Murray has completely gone awry. KU field goal, 38-23. Make it a comeback. 14, 14 minutes left. I mean, they probably aren't winning. They just got to cover that, that spread. But Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray, not the best of, of friends anymore. At least it would appear that way. You see the shots taken in press conferences. Arizona, more than likely willing to move on from one Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff Kingsbury also wanted to move on from Arizona. If, in fact, reports that I have heard early in the season from 
sources that I would say kind of have a head start on everybody else when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs. I feel comfortable this is probably the last year of Eric Bieniemy on this roster. That's not a bad thing for Eric Bieniemy. It's just that I think this team has a direction it wants to go. And I don't think that Eric Bieniemy's time here is necessarily needed anymore. I believe he will get a head coaching job this offseason, whether it is with a collegiate team or with a professional team, more than likely a professional team. Because like many people, he's been turned down for many years and coaches continue to come in and don't perform. No, I don't think he's going to the Broncos. No, I don't think he's going to the Colts. But some team and other teams will be firing their coaches fairly soon. You know, Black Monday. So if, in fact, Eric Bieniemy is gone, that means the next man to move up is Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy would then be the offensive coordinator. Matt Nagy would then be underneath Andy Reid's wing. And we would wait for Matt Nagy to eventually take over this team. We know that Matt Nagy has a personal relationship with Patrick Mahomes. We know that Mahomes likes Nagy. We know that Reid and Nagy get along. Nagy was a coach of the year for the Bears. Comes back home to the Kansas City Chiefs. Humble yourself learn the system, get away from what didn't work, and try to do better. Right now, he's the quarterback's coach, and he's somebody that has good chemistry with Patrick Mahomes and somebody that is able to talk one-on-one with Patrick Mahomes, and they both get it, right? One thing I want everyone to understand is that I do believe that Andy Reid is the end-all, be-all play caller. I do not think that there is anybody else that sends out the play other than Andy Reid. And if you don't believe me, this was on the New Heights podcast this week. Travis Kelsey, Jason Kelsey, talking about who actually does call the plays. Andy doesn't call plays anymore, right? (laughs) EB calls the plays now, right? No, no, Andy's, from from my understanding, Coach Reid is still calling the play. Oh, really? Yeah, because there's times where I'll come off, I'll get tired, I'll come off the field, and he'll look at me, he's like, this is your play! Why are you off the field? Yeah, that's a good point. So but he knows sure what's being called. Even when he's not up. calling the plays, he knows what's being called. Yeah, but you know when he's when a guy looks at you like he's he's definitely you. the one that's calling it. I got you. So again, that's Kelsey, man. I don't think he's out here trying to spread lies or start drama. I think he's just telling the truth. And I think that it's time to let Eric be enemy. Go get something. This team has promoted Eric Bieniemy for the last couple of years. It hasn't worked at the end, but now teams have tried, failed, tried, failed, tried, failed, and Eric Bieniemy continues to sit here in a, in a system that works. And Andy Reid's coordinators tend to work elsewhere at other places. There's plenty of of examples all over the NFL: New York Giants, right? Like they're good. The Jacksonville Jaguars. You can see what Doug Peterson's doing with them. Buffalo Bills, et cetera, et cetera. And I think Cliff Kingsbury makes sense if this parlay, I guess, goes in this order. If he be be leaves and goes and tries something new. Time for me to move out. Time for me to spread my wings and just go get something and see if that leads to something different. Matt Nagy takes over. Open spot. 
everyone that's in that spot. And the reason why I bring up the play calling is because people say, well, does an offensive coordinator really matter? Does a quarterback's coach really matter? Not in play calling. But in the chemistry between the quarterback and the head coach or in the in the and the coach that's talking to that person, yes, indeed, it does matter. Because you watch the games every week after every single series, what happens? Mahomes goes and sits down, grabs a tablet, quarterback's coach comes back next to him and sits right there. Kafka did it, Nagy's doing it. Next guy that does it, I personally would like somebody who has a good chemistry with one Patrick Mahomes. There is nobody in a coaching system that has better chemistry with Patrick Mahomes than Cliff Kingsbury. Patrick Mahomes said on um, Shop Talk with LeBron James, he started playing football when he was a sophomore in high school. Two years in high school, then he goes to college. As a sophomore, he gets to start. Pretty good year. Pretty solid year, like 4,000 yards, typical Texas Tech Raider, slings it, has a good year, and then the next year, he arrived. Big Daddy threw for 5,000 yards. Had the big game against Baker Mayfield. They didn't win, but had the big game. Baker Mayfield knew he was so good, Baker had to transfer and go somewhere else. He knew he wasn't going to start over Patrick Mahomes. He could see the chemistry building with Cliff Kingsbury and Patrick Mahomes. And then Patrick Mahomes got to the league and met Andy Reid, and the rest is history, slash Alex Smith. And so when you look at what that position does, quarterback's coach, it's the chemistry. It's the fact that they can sit there, Mahomes can look at the tablet, know what's going on, be able to look to the guy next to him and say, hey, what do you think about this? They can say, yeah, I like this too. Go to Andy Reid and pitch it, and then Andy Reid can put the final touches on that painting. So I think that if you want somebody to get in there that makes sense to me personally, it's Cliff Kingsbury. Now, there's some of you out there that might say, Cliff Kingsbury, A, is going to get a much better job than a quarterback's coach. B, I don't want anything to do with a guy that just ruined a relationship with Kyler Murray. And C, there's probably somebody on the coaching staff that's going to get that job. I don't understand. I will say the one thing that would debunk all of that is that there might be a college team that wants Cliff Kingsbury who's going to lose their coach at the end of the bowl season to some other team or to some other league. And it just ain't going to happen. But to me, the most important part about this whole conversation is the chemistry between one person and the other that talk to each other, that know how to develop the game. Patrick Mahomes is still 27 years old. Patrick Mahomes did all of his developing, most of his developing in college under Cliff Kingsbury. And since Cliff Kingsbury has been away from Patrick Mahomes, it's not the same. So clearly they have something good to go. And if that doesn't work, hell, why not call Alex Smith? He ain't going to do it. He's got a good gig with ESPN. But call Alex Smith. So I think it's more likely that Cliff would take I think I think Cliff could get a head coaching job at the collegiate level. Probably not like power five unless they're like really desperate. But I could see him getting like a group of five head coaching job because he has shown the ability to develop quarterbacks at the collegiate level. So I think that is probably more likely. I, I will say this. I don't think Cliff would be a detriment if he were to get hired by the Chiefs. I just don't think it goes anywhere beyond what he does as a quarterback's coach. Maybe he works his way up to getting an offensive coordinator job somewhere else. 
I just don't see that happening any time soon where he would work his way up in the Chiefs organization. And I, I mean, be honest, like, I don't necessarily know, like, what Cliff is going to be able to do to, like, help Patrick Mahomes at this point in his career because he really wasn't able to help Kyler Murray at Arizona. And so at this point, what really is there to be gained there other than him getting to go have a nice job working with his former college quarterback in in Patrick Mahomes. So I I think in that regard, like, I don't think it hurts or anything. Like, to me, though, I I don't know what the impact of that move is. But I, I think it's more likely that he goes and takes the college job where he can go be that head coach and work his way up the ladder again. Because to me, that's what he seems like the kind of guy. He seems like that seems like what his ilk as a coach would do. He's kind of this Hollywood coach that loves being in control of things. Like I've been watching the the Hard Knocks Arizona Cardinals, and like that's a guy that just seems like he's a he's a head coach. He really has kind of done a lot of falling up in his career because he was Texas Tech head coach. He got fired because he was exceedingly average as the head coach of Texas Tech. And then he just happens to get a head coaching job at the NFL level. Like it's just, it's really weird how you go from being fired after a really mediocre tenure at a a school that really was never competitive at any stretch uh, uh, at any real point in a power five conference to going and becoming a head coach and really not doing a whole lot with that job at the NFL level. So I, I, I have no problem with him coming in. I just don't know what the impact is. And I don't know what the long-term goal of the move is. So the text line, I don't know if I'm if I'm not being clear, um, but it says, "Why can't Eric Bieniemy take over the Chiefs?" Three question marks continues to say Andy Reid has always called the plays. Doug Peterson never called plays. Matt Nagy never called the plays. Which is so, not true. Peterson and Nagy did call plays at the end of their tenures when they were in Kansas City. 100%. And they, we know that because Andy Reid said so. Andy and said so. so. They. Yeah. So but they said, don't, I got to continue. It says, do not put this narrative out like Eric Bieniemy can't call plays. The last two offensive coordinators just relayed the place, relayed the place, not plays, um, to Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes. Then why didn't it work for Matt Nagy in Chicago? It's coming across like EB can't call plays, which is in BS. Never once. 816, I want you to hear me very clearly. Never once did I say Eric Bieniemy can't call plays. Your argument is irrelevant, 100%. You are not listening clearly to what I am saying. What I am perfectly saying is that the Chiefs and Eric Bieniemy have been at this for a while. As in on the same team, Eric Bieniemy is qualified to be a head coach. It is time for him to go find that job or just go somewhere like collegiately and do it. Never once in that argument did I say or that conversation did I say that he's not calling the plays. What I did is defended that Andy Reid does call the plays, which is what you're saying, and I played the audio Travis Kelsey on the New Heights podcast with his brother. So don't try to twist my words into your argument because that is not how this works. What I have said is that Matt Nagy is the quarterback's coach now and that the chemistry between he and Mahomes works. I believe, because I have sources that have said that after this year, it probably is likely that Eric Bieniemy's contract will not be extended and that he will be set to go blossom somewhere else. Whether it is an offensive coordinator at somebody else's team, someone will surely hire him. It's just probably a time 
where he and the, tree, the Chiefs separate just because of how this ladder is going to work. I believe Matt Nagy is going to take over the job for Andy Reid when Andy Reid decides to hang it up. And the only way that Matt Nagy can do that is get to become the offensive coordinator and then slide right in. So never once did I say that it's not about Eric Bieniemy calling plays or anything like that. So just check yourself before you try to accuse somebody of saying something different. That's not how this works. And that's not how I will allow it to work. I normally don't get this serious with the text line, but I have to when you're trying to say that I'm doing, I'm saying things differently than how they are becoming out. So I will say this. I do believe that Eric Bieniemy will be somewhere else next year, whether it's collegiately or whether it's professionally. I do believe Matt Nagy will be the offensive coordinator, and I think that there will be somebody new at the coach's spot for quarterback's coach. I just simply am having a conversation where I think chemistry works. And as Chris alluded to, Kingsbury, once Mahomes left, was kind of irrelevant. Wasn't that great. Didn't have a good record. Couldn't win. Had a terrible defense. He could not recruit. He could not recruit, and he didn't develop a lot of talent outside of quarterback. I mean, and that's, like I said, my biggest issue is that he has kind of failed pretty miserably with Kyler Murray. And to me, it's like, at that point, it just seems like you're hiring your boy just because he's your boy. I mean, I don't have any problem with it because at this point, I, I don't really think the quarterback coach is as important because no, it's just there for chemistry. It's exactly. there for conversation and, right. and, and brotherhood. Exactly. So, like, it's not really, like, it's like, yeah, whatever, you know, hire my boy. We're cool. But, like, I just, for me, it's like the longevity aspect it's hard to predict because he just, to me, he seems like an ambitious guy that's going to go for the best job. Mm-hmm. And I think there's probably better jobs for him out there. And I'm so. not, and that's what I said. That's the one thing that would debunk my theory is that I think that if, if some team was like, ah, you know what? He's been doing all right. Like we'll give him a chance and co- like a cliff, like treat him like uh lane Kiffin, you know, take him somewhere where he can be the man again at a collegiate level. And it, it didn't work out as to say, he failed miserably with Kyler Murray I mean, Kyler Murray, who we thought was going to be terrible in the league, not the best records, eight and eight, nine and five this year. It's been terrible. Plus the injury sent him out for the rest of the year. But yeah, I mean, like I, I, nothing jumps out really. I mean, 26 and 12, 24 and 10. And then his rookie year was 20 and 12. So, I mean, like just average, nothing great. But I mean, then again, was Kyler Murray supposed to be anything other than average or a little above. I mean, he was number one overall pick. I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people liked him and he is incredibly talented, but you look at how he plays as a rookie versus how he played this year before his injury. And like, you see the talent, but you don't see the maturation of the skill that you need to play quarterback in the league. And that was the reason why cliff was hired. And if you're hired to do a specific function, which is develop our first round quarterback, and you can't do that, Mm -hmm. that's a problem. Because we've seen a lot of coaches come in with young quarterbacks and be able to turn them into very good players at that position. And Cliff was supposed to be the genius that did it with Kyler, and he didn't do it. So that, to me, at that point, it's like, okay, we we gotta start questioning just how great he is at doing this at the NFL level. He probably do it at college. I don't know about the NFL though. Well, he did it with Patrick Mahomes in college because Patrick Mahomes might just be an anomaly, but something Patrick Mahomes is going to do this year is something that, uh, well, the numbers just don't lie. You're listening to after hours with dusty Likens on 610 sports radio and the odyssey app brought to you by twin peaks, eats, drinks, scenic views. 
Back in on After Hours, Dusty Likens with you, Chris Unicero with you as well. Um, programming note, I'm doing the drive tomorrow from 2 to 6. I'll do the drive again on Friday from 2 to 6. CDOT, out of here. That man's got to be happy right now, right? That man's Mizzou Tigers are up big on Kentucky at home. Big. And KU's losing to Arkansas, a team that Missouri just beat. So, got to love that. Missouri's up 58-47 with 12 minutes left in the second half. And Kansas is down 38-23 to with 7.39 left in the fourth quarter. We shall see what happens the rest of the night on that. It's going to be a close one there. You t- did you take that 17-and-a-half? Yeah, but it moved to like 11-and-a-half on the live. Did, so they need to score a touchdown. So you took 11-and-a-half? Mm-hmm. Oh. Down 15. Mm, that's tough, man. Yeah, the live parlay <laughs> that hit was... Kansas plus 11 and a half, North Carolina plus 17 and a half. That game's seven, seven, by the way. And then Ole Miss, Texas tech over uh 72 and a half. That's the tough part about live betting is when that line moves. changes so fast. It changes man. So, that's why you got to get it in fast, man. You got to, so the one thing about like, you got to move fast with the live. And betting. I was like, I put my money in, put it on there and then like hit. Okay. And then it was like adjusting. Do you agree? Okay, and then it like loaded half the bars like adjusting. <laughs> I was like, okay, just no letting, way. let's go. No way I would as soon as that dropped to eleven, I was like, nope, I'm good. I'm not taking that. Yeah. Man. But the nine one three, as long as you got Pat Mahomes in prime of fifteen career, Andy might not want to Andy might want to stick around for quite a while. I do find some truth in that from the nine one three. Um I so look, I think Andy wants three. I think Andy wants three rings, and I think that would do it. Then again, the hell do I know what Andy Reid wants, man? Like, the guy finally got his quarterback. They they win 12-plus games a year. They always win their division. Super Bowls are always in the picture. And yet, here we are again. So, I mean, who knows what Andy Reid wants to do? I, I, don't, I don't know about a number or anything. But, right. like, I feel like. The like because one thing we know when Alex Smith was the quarterback mm-hmm. at first, Andy was like, "This is my offense." Yeah, but by by 2016, he was like, "Okay, Doug, you can you can run the off, you can call the offense." And he gave Doug, he gave the keys over to Doug in 2016, and then in 2017, when Doug went to Philly, Matt Nagy got the he he got the keys to the car, and he was the offensive coordinator, and he was calling plays. And then when he dipped for Chicago. Then that's when we saw in 2018, Patrick uh-huh. Mahomes becomes your starter. And while Eric Bieniemy has been the offensive coordinator and does have input on plays, does have input on things, Andy's still calling plays. Obviously, we know that with that that audio for uh, from from New Heights, and we yeah. know we know that obviously because like we know people in that in, in that organization. There's been no indication that EB has ever called plays. I know that fake blog post that came out earlier this yeah, year. Trying fine. To, I tried to say that he was the, he had contractual obligation to call the offense is, is a lie, but it, I think that Andy loves call. This is his dream offense. He's always wanted to run this kind of an offense. Mm-hmm. He just never had a quarterback to do it. Now he's got the quarterback to do it. And I think that he's having so much fun 
He's not going to relinquish the play calling duties to yeah. anybody. Because it's not stressful. No. Yeah. It's, he gets to do so many special things because of what his – like. Because we saw it in 2017. Right. They changed their offense in 2017 because all of a sudden they finally had a quarterback that can do things that no other quarterback could do. And in 2017, they were play testing this offense, and we could see it coming. And then in 2018, we saw the fireworks when Mahomes took over. I just don't think Andy wants to relinquish play calling duties because he loves calling this offense. Yeah, I mean, I just – it's like uh, – I don't know. The best way I can describe it is you have the best game system – you just had like a blurry TV and then you finally got to go to Best Buy and get your HD 42 inch game TV. And now it's just like, Oh, well I was going to give up gaming, but now that I have this view, I don't think I ever will. Um, so we talk about Mahomes and the MVP and like what he's done this year and why the numbers continue to support Patrick Mahomes. This one is one that stuck out today. Um, Adam Liverton on Twitter says, this is not to, disgrace anything towards Tyreek Hill in any sort of way, who is arguably one of the best wide receivers. He says arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL. I think you can argue between him and Justin Jefferson, but right now I think double J's got it and it's not close. I don't know. Just me. Um, I hope he does from uh, a money standpoint, money right? standpoint, hey, financial standpoint, buy a lady something nice. It would be um, very, very uh, lucrative for me. If he did, I thought about that last night, I was sitting on the patio, had a little whiskey before I went to bed. And I thought, man, if Mahomes wins that future and Jefferson wins that future, I got almost 600 come my way. Should I buy a new driver for golf? And then I thought to myself, why don't you just calm down? Let's just relax until the money's actually there. Yeah, I'm but not. I'm not thinking about it that much. But like, I would. Mahomes, be very I happy Mahomes, about I, it. I almost feel like that's a that's Me a too. slam dunk. Me too. Like, I mean, I feel like that's that's a 250 pay that I ain't missing. Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sold on that, and I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure about JJ too. Yeah, because he's got almost. He's got like fourteen hundred. Tyreek doesn't have. Uh, I think Tyreek's like almost two hundred behind him. And now we're talking about Jefferson being the MVP, so that kind of makes sense. That like, eh. Um, but anyways, but somehow the Chiefs are setting a four-year high in yards per play, and this year they're doing it without Tyreek Hill. So in twenty nineteen, Patrick Mahomes averaged six point two yards per play. The next year, 6.3, 2021, 6.1. And this year, Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs are averaging 6.4 yards a play. We've already read you the record or the stats that indicate Patrick Mahomes is, has elevated his game to the greatest quarterback in the NFL currently because it's passing yards, touchdowns, by the way, leads in touchdowns, 37, next closest, Burrow, 34. Not only that, but the departing of Tyreek Hill, and yet you're still averaging 6.4. And you're throwing to a guy who is your number one target at the age of 33. That's not a shot at Travis Kelsey. That's just a shot at the typical cliche age of the NFL. Mm. And just through the hands of a KU receiver for a touchdown would have been real nice right there. That man. hurts, man. That would have been real nice, bruh. That would have been 38-30 right there. 11 and a half looking nice with three minutes left for your boy. Um, but to think about why the MVP – is such a slam dunk, I think, is the conversation. I get it. Jalen Hurts, one loss. Been great. Got A.J. Brown. Numbers have gone up. Offense is great. Number two defense. Mahomes probably has, what, like the 17th best defense in the league? And he's out here with Juju Smith-Schuster. Not a shot. Ain't Tyreek Hill. MVS. All these guys. It's not a shot at these guys. It's just the facts that 
he loses a top two receiver in the NFL and he's still averaging more yards a game, even if Jalen Hurts was healthy. I truly feel Patrick Mahomes would still be the MVP of the league. That's just my, that's what I go with. Because not only is that something for Patrick Mahomes, 758 yards and he passes Peyton Manning for the most yards in the season. He's got two games playing against two bad teams. Could do it. Pete Sweeney said he's got to average 360 to do it. But it ain't going to be a, a, a easy feat to accomplish. But not only that, I think Patrick Mahomes has broken many teams because you look at that 2017 NFL draft and you look at where Patrick Mahomes was picked at 10th in that draft. John Ross from Cincinnati. He's gone and they changed their head coach before they hired Zach, uh, before they hired their guy. Christian McCaffrey, Carolina, that team has completely gotten rid of everybody. McCaffrey's not even there. Mike Williams for the Chargers, they changed coaches before they got their new coach here. Mike Williams has been decent. Jamal Adams, Jets, safety, gone. Seattle now. Jets have also done front office and head coaching job cleanouts. Corey Davis from Tennessee. Vrabel wasn't there when they drafted him. Fournette, now in Tampa Bay. Jacksonville, you know their story. So on and so forth. And Mitchell Trubisky, Miles Garrett, both on teams where they have changed head coaches as well. So Patrick Mahomes doing all of this, making the league upset. Here we go. One more year, 27 years old, MVP number two, right around the corner. Something that I read today, millennials hate this. Apparently they do. And that's why this establishment is closing and changing their brand. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. 106.5 The Wolf wants to give you the ultimate game day experience. Coors Light, McFadden's, and The Wolf are throwing huge parties for every game, home and away at KC Live in the Power and Light District. Complete with pregame food and drink specials, tailgate games, live entertainment, and more. When the game is over, celebrate the win with your fellow fans at McFadden's and KC Live. Come for the game, stay for the party at the ultimate game day experience. Brought to you by Coors Light. Get details from your official radio home for Chiefs football at 106. Cody and Gold, weekdays starting at 10 on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. I remember the chapstick tonight. I was hurting last night. Yeah, you were after the show. They were yeah, dry, he was, he man. Was hurting, bro. These big things were they were dry, bro. They were not uh they were not good for the outside air. It was a bad time. But we got it tonight, man. Burt's Bees Watermelon Edition. Lights up a room. I never seen Chapstick light up a room like Burt's Bees Wax watermelon flavor. And I'm normally not a flavor guy. I just want the raw wax. I don't need any flavor. Now, you got to have some flavor on it. See, I just, now I'm hungry for watermelon. And it's December, and I know that ain't happening. You get some of it. I'm pretty sure you Target tr- over there You got trust some. Target watermelon in December? I mean, I don't, I'm See? not a big watermelon eater. But I, if you want to get it, you can get it, bro. I smash watermelon. I love watermelon. I like to spit the seeds like I got an attitude. I don't, I don't like seeds. Yeah. That's annoying. You don't like sunflower seeds? Now, I used to when I was a kid. I don't, I don't mess with it no more. Yeah. I remember when I used to eat sunflower seeds, I'd just chew them up and then spit it out. 
Like I was possessed. Oh, yeah, yeah. You just get a nice little palm full, and, yeah, you just put them all in there and just slowly just spit them out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what we used to do. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, I read this article today on Twitter, and I'm a bit confused. So, and this isn't a fake story. I just want you all to know that this is a real story, and this is real time. Like, this is where we, we need to get to 2023 fast. Hooters is shutting down and rebranding after a new study shows that millennials aren't that into boobs. Okay. I, for one, don't know how they do this research. But again, apparently this research happened in 2020, in 2017. And basically what happened was millennials are getting blamed because they're not going to establishments like Hooters anymore because they're not into the, the gimmick, the, the bustiness of these ladies coming up to the tables and trying to, you know, do their thing. And it's millennials getting blamed for this. Twin Peaks seems to be doing just fine. I think it's a food thing. Because before, there was no other competition. So, you know, you were just going to smash wings and loaded tater tots and the views. And now here we are, again, 2022, and another place is getting down and out. And now they're going to change their appearance. A more conservative approach. I think the industry will still be bad. Because nobody likes the food there. Again, Twin Peaks is doing just fine. Sponsors this show. East Drink Scenic Views. Fantasy Football Show, Twin Peaks. They're not going anywhere. Their food seems to be just fine. But millennials get blamed for Toys R Us. Millennials get blamed for Macy's, JCPenney. You could try to blame us for Sears, but even my my parents stopped shopping at Sears. Sears was dying when we was in high school, bro. <laughs> it was way dead. <laughs> it was dying way before right. we became And adults. we had this conversation. Yeah. Now, I'll, I'll give you credit. My generation and others involved in it, man, we're Amazon junkies, man. That's why Toys R Us, Macy's, JCPenney's, that's why that thing's all out of whack. Amazon just runs the world. So much so that the owner of it and CEO went to the went what went to space on our dime. So that's just the way that one is. But to say that it's millennials' fault because they're not quote unquote boob guys to me is a little rude. The other thing I ask is I think where Hooters loses out is that you don't really have to go to a bar to watch a game anymore. Like, I don't need to get three of my friends together and be like, hey, we have to go to this place to watch these games. Now you can just be like, hey, Frank's having people over. He's got two TVs. Let's do that. Now every bar and establishment has NFL Sunday ticket or red zone or two games on at the same time. So let's not shame people women and men 
and say that's the reason why an establishment is no longer the same as it was. Hooters ran the 90s. Ain't no lie about that. My dad would tell me he was taking me for lunch around my stepmom. Never said the restaurant name. So again, I don't think it's because people aren't into certain things. I think it's just probably you you got stale. I I do think like you know like a lot of the industries that like we are blamed for killing some of that is true mm. but it's because those industries their days were numbered cuz right. cuz we realized okay we don't need that right you know we don't we don't need to spend money on that so like to me it's like if you aren't if you aren't adjusting to changing times changing uh, views on different aspects of your business, if you aren't adjusting to those and you're just hoping that you uh, continue the culture wars and try to get people to believe that they have to purchase your product to Mm -hmm. be a part of the modern hegemony that we have in this country, if you're reliant on that instead of adjusting your business to fit the changing times, then you kind of deserve to go out of business, to be honest. Like, my whole deal, like... Like, seriously, like, if, if your business model is struggling in these times because younger people aren't interested in purchasing your product, you need to update your product. Because that's what all the businesses that continue to thrive are doing. Yeah. All of them. We've, we've had to do it in radio. Mm-hmm. Like, now we have, like, we launched, like, I remember when I first started here, we had the 610 Sports app. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, after the whole merger that we had uh, uh, Intercom with CBS Sports Radio, we became Odyssey. Right. And we adjusted. We developed a better app. And we have pushed it out there and made it so much easier for people to consume our product. Podcast page. We talk about it all the time. If you right. missed anything here on today, you can go to the podcast page on our app and listen to it. You can listen to Chiefs pregame on our app. Like, seriously, we have adjusted with the times because we understand that if we just keep trying to convince people to keep doing the old stuff that's not as convenient, we're going to die. That's what we had to do. And television had to do it. That's why you have all these streaming services. If you can't adjust to the times, it's your fault if it fails. It's not the fault of the customers for not buying your product. It's your fault for not adapting instead of evolving. Because you know what not adapting means? It means you're lazy. Yeah. You don't want to put in the work. enough, you're just lazy. Yeah. So if you, and, and so like this is good for them that they're going to try to rebrand and whatnot. That's cool. Uh, hopefully they come up with some sort of idea yeah. so that they can stay alive and I have to lay off a bunch of workers and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, if you fail, you fail. That's on you. It, it's, it's unfortunate for the workers there, but it's your fault because you didn't adapt. Because that's what you got to do in life. Right. You have to adapt. Not only that, but like laziness and not adapting is also tied into blaming others. Like that's the most common like type of thing that you see is like, well, it's millennials' fault because A, they don't like this and B, they're not doing this. Like, how do you know that now? Like, where was all this in like 1998 when you could have gotten ahead of the curve? Now you're going to blame and everything. I mean, it is what it is, but... I don't think to say that millennials don't like, but that's just, you're like disgracing women, disgracing millennials, and then it makes you look even worse, and now we know why it's not working. But either way, Twin Peaks is doing just fine. Pot roast there, fantastic. Uh, We come back, Derek Carr, what's next? Why we don't care, but also why we do kind of care. 
You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views.